Welcome to Grace for the Tryhard, a place where we tryhards can be reminded of the grace we've been given and be empowered to walk in it every day. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you try, you aren't good enough? Have you struggled with shame and want to experience more freedom in your walk with Christ? Do you feel inspired and empowered when you hear other people's stories of transformation and healing? If your answer is yes to any of those questions, I'm right there with you. Being empowered to live and work out of grace is possible, and here we are learning how to do that together. No need to show up polished, poised, or perfect. Come as you are and join us as we experience God's grace together. Hello, everyone. Hope you are having a great morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day you are listening to this. Welcome to episode one of Grace for the Tryhard podcast version. I honestly slightly can't believe it that it's happening through this process of starting this blog and now making a podcast to go with the blog. It's just really exposed a lot of my tryhardness that I forgot was there, as well as fear of failure, inner critic, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, So that's why I slightly can't believe it because that has really tripped me up a lot, slowed me down, but it's also been awesome because I believe that things need to be exposed for them to be healed. And I believe God is using this project to expose what he wants to heal in me. So praise the Lord for that. So if you're starting a new project or want to start a new project and you're feeling anything I mentioned, just now, you're not alone. I've had a lot of feelings preparing for this and working on this, and some of them have been excitement and joy and happiness, and that's been so awesome to just do something I love and share it with the world. But I've also just been nervous and have had fear, and you might be wondering why, because literally it's just a podcast, but it's because creating and sharing something with the world is is very vulnerable. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely seeing that I am in the process of believing that my identity is not in what I produce. I talk about that a lot in episode zero. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that right now. That's what this whole project is about, is walking and learning um, to believe that our identity is fixed in in Christ when we put our faith in him. So God is sanctifying me through this process, which means he is making me more whole. And that's been pretty awesome, but also it's not an easy process. So I just want to be clear ahead of time that I am not perfect if you if you think that it's not true. <laughs> so have you ever watched a YouTube influencer or someone on Instagram or listened to a podcast and then you left feeling worse about yourself than before you listened to that? (laughs) I have a few times and I hate that feeling so much and that's also been one reason why I've been, I don't know, it hasn't, it's taken me a while to post this is because I never want people to leave listening to this and feel that way and I still don't really know why I would feel that with some podcasts over others but I think a lot of that has to do with vulnerability 
at least for me, I've noticed when people who have like a, a presence on social media or have a podcast and they are authentic, real, and even share weaknesses with the world, it helps me to see that they're human. It helps me to see that they haven't arrived and I don't have to just keep striving to get to where they're at. We're all on a journey. We're all growing together. So I just want you to know that ahead of time, that you don't have to put me on a pedestal. You don't have to put any of the people I'll be talking to on a pedestal. We are all saved by grace through faith and all glory goes to God for what he does in our lives. So some things you can expect from me and from this podcast is that I don't see God perfectly accurately. I know that's shocking. I think a lot of people (laughs) think Christian vloggers or whatever, that they've got it all figured out, that they see God for exactly who he is, and they have a super strong theology that can't be shaken. But the truth is God is so much bigger than any human mind that no one is going to see him perfectly clearly. And I just want you guys to know that beforehand so you don't come thinking, okay, I just have to learn from Lindsay and and see everything she knows or everything she thinks about God and just believe that because I have a lot of blind spot blind spots blind spots and that's the whole point of this podcast is bringing more people on who know Jesus and and see him in a different way who've experienced him in in different ways and as we bring our pieces of the puzzle together we can see him more clearly so yeah I really just want you to leave listening to these episodes being more in awe of Christ. That's what I want more than anything. I don't want you to leave thinking Lindsay's so great or so-and-so so great and I want to be more like them. I definitely feel that a lot and I don't think that's completely a, a bad thing, but I never want you to be looking at me more than you're you're looking at God. So. Today, on our first official episode, we are going to be talking with a friend named Imani Kigamwa. So I was a little nervous because I'd never interviewed someone or recorded a podcast before doing this, but I learned that Imani was an awesome choice to be my first guest because she's so easygoing, so relaxed, so fun, and such an encouraging person. Imani shares her personal story of learning to believe that she can be herself and be accepted. We talk about middle school and high school, which are hard times for most of us, and the lies that Imani believed through those seasons, um, as well as how Christ-centered community and friendships helped her to see the lies that she was believing. And we end with just dreams Imani has for the future. So just a quick side note, Imani and I both worked as college campus missionaries with an organization called Chi Alpha. So we refer to a few events slash phrases we use in the organization. So I'm just gonna explain those real quick, just in case you're not familiar. She talks about core group, which is basically a group of college girls that Imani poured into, mentored, and helped them walk and be closer to God. Um, Then we have Leaders Retreat, which is a retreat before each school year where all the students who lead core groups come together and prepare for the school year. She talks about Leaders Meeting, which is a meeting 
monthly meeting with all the leaders in Chi Alpha, and then also the CMIT, which stands for Campus Missionary in Training, and it's a year-long internship with Chi Alpha that Amani went through this past year. So we laughed throughout this conversation because, well, that's just what Amani and I do. We love to laugh, so I hope you laugh along too. Whether you're doing the dishes, going for a walk, driving your car, or doing anything else while listening, enjoy our conversation with me and Amani. First things first, can you just share a little bit of your story? Yes, yes. So, hmm, let me think. It's a, there's so many different like sides of it, I mm-hmm. guess, but I'm originally from Kenya, so I was born there and then my family moved to the U.S. in 2008 or no 2007 and I was eight that's what mm. it was um and so when we moved we moved to Bloomington actually and oh then, yeah um lived here for a few years because my dad was doing his PhD um at IU yeah at mm-hmm. IU so nice. <laughs> we did that and then we moved to Indy and that was like probably around seventh grade so the move to Ke- to from Kenya to here wasn't actually that bad, um, but the move from Bloomington to Indianapolis was like awful. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like transitioning at that age was just very difficult because you were getting um, more into like the teen years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like that. I don't know, twelve, thirteen age when a lot of things are like the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything you go through is just the worst. And so mm-hmm. um, that move was really difficult. And I moved into a private like middle school. And so um, like not having been from a background like that, I think it was just a lot of culture shock in that way as well. Um, because this, like the students at that school had known each other their whole lives and um, were from mm. a like certain socioeconomic background that I also was not a part of. Right. Um, so there's just a lot there that made it difficult that year. Mm. And I remember coming home my like from the first day and being like, oh gosh, mm. mom, like this is the worst. <laughs> How could this happen? Basically, type like full drama meltdown yeah. first day. Um, wow. What grade was that? That was seventh grade. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I think, a long journey of like people pleasing mm. and like anxiety around social situations starting there and going like well into high school yeah um and there's a lot there with like being one of few black students there but also just with trying to figure out like what was my value and like how did I fit into that school and um I don't know what could I bring without all the resources that people had yeah like not having that mm-hmm. um there's just a lot to process at a young age and so yeah um that was like most of my young life mm-hmm. I guess and then um coming into college I like just was able to find community and you know God was really good with that with Chi Alpha specifically but um even through all of that, still dealing with a lot of anxiety and now starting to go to therapy and like <laughs> starting to unpack a lot of mm-hmm. <laughs> that stuff. It's very interesting to see like how I, uh, I don't know, I've been, I've been building habits that were not like the best yeah. coping mechanisms that weren't great. Even when God, like God has been moving and all of that, I can see how his hand was in like my experience 
as a middle schooler mm. um like feeling left out and then kind of building a heart for wanting to include people I guess or loving people well yeah and then you know I could see how he pushed me out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways and like just how my personality grew out of mm. all of that but with all of that still having a lot of <laughs> other things to yeah. unpack and um kind of talk through in therapy I guess so yeah it's been a long, long journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can even say that at 22. Right. But, it feels so but, long. But and there's yeah. still a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Thanks for sharing that and being vulnerable about just the internal struggles. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people don't even realize mm-hmm. what they were thinking as a teenager and yeah. how they were trying to fit in. Yeah. Um, you said a lot of really good things that I want to ask questions about. <laughs> it's like... Mm-hmm. I'm like, here's my whole story. <laughs> <laughs> Where to go? Where to oh, yeah. go? Yeah. So, the first day of seventh grade yeah. was rough. Yeah. And you, you still remember it. Yes. Like, coming home. Yeah. And you decided, okay, if I'm going to survive here, I need to do something. Yeah. What What did you decide to do? Yeah. Um. So, I think there was, like, a lot, a lot of things, um, but it started with a typical seventh grade things where you're like mother we need to go buy a whole new wardrobe yes (laughs) (laughs) i need completely brand new clothes Mm -hmm. but yeah it was like around that um what's it called batwing shirt Mm. um pencil skirt stage of fashion i don't know if you remember but i came into school i remember the exact outfit i was wearing wow i came to school with tennis shoes that my mom had bought for me at walmart like yes. the week before mm-hmm. a backpack that she had bought me at walmart and these like you know like dress pant material dress pant material capris but not like the good quality kind mm. the walmart quality kind mm-hmm. so, so it was just like that instant feeling of I don't fit in mm, and yeah. here are some very obvious like I guess not like vi- visual is the right word like visual ways that I don't fit in so we're gonna fix that first mm-hmm. and then like I think there was mm-hmm. a lot of in my interactions with people and how I would spend time with with people it just felt like I had to kind of be the way they were and there was a lot of things that they were talking about that I didn't understand mm-hmm. at the time I don't know like just different, different like social markers, I guess. Right. Whatever. And so, even having come from a sheltered sort of background, mm-hmm. I was raised Christian and like raised in a God-loving household. Yeah. There was a lot of with that. That was like different. Yeah. Coming into school, it's like, <laughs> like in the locker, the locker bay or whatever, and things are happening around you. <laughs> it's just a culture shock in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so there's that. Um, and then it was like more academically rigorous mm-hmm. but I was that side of things I was prepared for mm-hmm. so with finding I kind of found the girls who were similar to me yeah and hung out with them and kind of just stuck with them for most of my time at um, my high school so yes yeah. it, it was a lot of those things like changing how I was dressing outwardly and sometimes feeling like I was a different person at school than I was at home Mm. um Mm -hmm. never really fully letting my guard down at school I guess yeah was a big thing because it just felt like well these people are like very different from me or I'm not gonna fit in if I'm my full self so I can't be right um yeah yeah I mean I was still I was still going to church at the time like Mm -hmm. 
I don't think there's ever a time that I wasn't going to church. I'm not sure why I said it that way. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. we were still involved in the church, and, like, I was still going to youth group and all those types of things, but it was very much like I'm this way at home, and I am a different way at school so that I can, like, survive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if quote-unquote survive is the right word, but... Right. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the girls that you, like, gravitated towards were the girls who cared about school mm-hmm. and like worked hard and stuff yeah yeah so around them did you feel like you could let your guard down at all or you still kind of had to perform even then um it still felt like I had to perform um I think with the friends that I did make I still didn't feel very secure mm-hmm. in those friendships and there's a lot of insecurity in friendships basically from seventh grade until I got to IU yeah. so like it there was a very rarely a time that I wasn't like putting on a show mm-hmm. or like trying to be something that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's why I love my family so much because that was the only place that I was actually like being real like yeah. fully real. And that's not to say that I wasn't um, like I wasn't partially myself at school. They're just things that like I didn't fully let myself like, be mm-hmm. or like enjoy mm-hmm. um and so that's really interesting I think I am remembering now like when it was people's birthdays mm-hmm. I was the girl who was like oh my gosh <laughs> and I don't think I thought about it like they have to like me I don't think that's why mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that's why I was doing it if that makes sense yeah but yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be like mom we have to go to the store so I can get them a gift of some or something um and yeah. it just felt like the end of the world like this is my one opportunity to get them to like me or something yeah so yeah there was a lot of that I think just doing overdoing it for people mm. letting people walk over me and mm. um even like the girls who I, w- I was close friends with close friends with it was like not awesome I guess yeah. um and there was a lot of that feeling of I had friends at school outside of that group mm. who I was, like, okay friends with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes close enough friends with that you would think that you would get invited to stuff outside of school. Mm-hmm. And then when you didn't get inst- invited to stuff outside of school, it's, like, hopes and dreams shattered yeah. and heartbroken. And it seems, like, trivial now, mm-hmm. but at the time it felt, like, really terrible. Yeah. So there's, I think, a lot with that. Um even now when unpacking that and trying to understand why like just thinking about things that you like and enjoy and passions that you have like I love music Mm -hmm. and I never let myself really enjoy music like for a while Mm -hmm. because it felt like okay I have to be this type of person or I have to do this like type of thing and maybe I'm not going to be the best at it so I'm not going to try and I can see how that environment in seventh grade and trying to people please and trying to be everything for other people affected me yeah <laughs> in that way I don't know if that makes sense but it does yeah oh yeah it's crazy because like what you're saying earlier about it seems like it's not a huge deal yeah but yeah it was a big deal at the time yeah and I think it's a big deal for anyone who's in that age group who's like experiencing these things yeah. it's because you're like internally like figuring out um, how to get love, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and how to be accepted, yeah, yeah, and we all 
want to be unconditionally accepted for right. who we are. Right. But when the world is telling us, actually, you're not. Right. Then that sticks with you. Yeah. And that's how you yeah. think, okay, this is how I right. survive in the world. Right. So that's really hard. And yeah. I, I empathize and I relate. Yeah. And sometimes I even forget that's how I... That's how I live my life, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, just funny getting to know you more and, like, seeing you lead your core group this mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't know. I just think God is redeeming a lot mm-hmm. in you um, that I can see from the outside. Yeah. So it's, like, not even everything no. that yeah. you're going through. It's yeah. just, like, you're such a welcomer mm-hmm. and an includer, um, finding the, the outcast or yeah. someone who's quiet in the group and mm-hmm. making sure that they know they're welcomed, yeah. like... I think that's so beautiful and I'm I'm just it's just cool to, to be able to see that just yeah. and hear more of your story yeah. um, so I'm just interested so you come to college mm-hmm. you have your high school experience it's yeah. not fabulous yeah it's not great and then you join Chi Alpha um, what was that like for you yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, coming in I and I don't know if this is just a freshman year thing but you like make all these friends and everything is great and I still felt like alone yeah. and lonely. It was like those feelings that I had been dealing with mm. throughout high school were still there, even though they weren't true. Yeah. Like in high school, something that I would tell myself a lot or like a thought pattern that I dealt with a lot was like, nobody likes you mm. or you don't have friends. Like, who are even your real friends, like, nobody wants to hang out with you, that type of thing, and so it was so pervasive for such a long time, I got into college, and, like, meet these people who actually wanted to invest in me, and, like, enjoyed spending time with me, and, like, loved me really well, I could see it, but I, like, had not internalized it yet, Yeah, and so there was a weird in-between period of time when I would... It was honestly for the first two years, Mm -hmm. like, a good way and a good part into my sophomore year, I was still feeling this way, but, Mm -hmm. like, I would be with some of my, like, really close friends and just be, like, in conversation, be like, oh my gosh, like, nobody likes me, and they'd be like, what are you talking about, (laughs) like, why would you say that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, or even in passing, you say something like, oh my gosh, I have no friends. And they're like, well, okay. <laughs> Wait. I, I thought, oh, we're not? Are we? Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, literally. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this weird moment where I realized, like, I still thought that, even though it wasn't true. Yeah. Or like, I had to ask myself, why am I why am I asked why do I keep saying this if it's, if I know it's not true yeah um and so it was it was really good coming into college and like finding that community but I think what God did that was deeper was really showing me like that community is healing but also that like um there are some thought patterns that we like continue to engage with like long after that he's healed us from something or like you know removed us from a situation that's not yeah that wasn't good right you know um and so I think there was a lot of that and in some ways there still is you know Mm -hmm. it's like as you grow you realize um but for me coming in that was a big thing Mm -hmm. so do you remember like a moment where it started to feel like 
you weren't believing those thoughts so quickly mm. slash like was it gradual or was it like um I don't know like a breakthrough moment mm-hmm. where you're like oh this is how it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was like gradual and then also all at once so <laughs> yeah it's like a weird way <laughs> like, mm, a little bit of both yeah <laughs> no but I came into when I came in my freshman year I was in a core group that was like really vibrant and mm. very connected, really good friends. And then at the end of the year, um, all the girls who were in my core group except for me transferred. Oh, dang it! <laughs> yeah. So it was Aww. like all of my friends are gone, and I think for a moment there was that bit of not panic, but I was scared that it was like high school again. Mm. Oh my gosh! Like I've been dropped. My friends have left me. I'm gonna be alone again. Right. Um. And what was cool was God was so, like, almost instantaneously faithful because I came into my first leaders retreat sophomore year and met, um, I don't know if you know Leanne and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I met them and we were, like, instant friends, nice. basically, from leaders retreat. Wow. Um, really, really close. And so, That's cool. like, having their friendship throughout that first semester, especially, um, where we would just, like, we were, like, real with each other and spent time together and it didn't feel like transactional yeah um that's good there was like a moment where they were they were probably the ones who were witness to my (laughs) i have no friends moments really yeah (laughs) wow but like where we were all together and i had this realization of like no these are like my people Mm. and maybe it extends past even just these two people Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, these are obviously, like, my really close friends right now, but knowing that there was a a part of that relationship that was, like, over Chi Alpha, or, like, Chi Alpha wide, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, it really, it was, like, released me to not have so much anxiety around friendships and yeah. what, like, people thought and everything that was happening around me and overanalyzing every interaction Mm. and everything that I did and every word that I said Mm. to the same extent that I did before. Mm -hmm. I would say that I still do that sometimes, but like it's not as intense as it used to be. So yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm like just thinking about that overanalyzing everything you say all the time. It makes a lot of sense why mm-hmm. there was anxiety. <laughs> That's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And I do that and have done it more in the past too, but um, it's just really cool that you've already seen healing in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything with those two friends, like a moment where you let yourself be yourself, I guess be vulnerable mm-hmm. or show something in you that like could have been easily rejected and mm-hmm. they chose not to? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I can think of one really specific moment, and it is, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but I think, like, halfway through the first semester, maybe it was, yeah, like, October or something of my sophomore year, we had all gone to get um, double piercings, like, our second nice. holes pierced. And this is, like, a side note, and it might take it a different direction. <laughs> but, like before there's a lot with um 
kind of just allowing myself to feel emotions and mm. like be an emotional person that it goes into a many different realms of my life so one thing that I struggled with before was like being not like forthright but like I couldn't say if I had feelings for someone. Like, if I liked a boy, mm. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I could never say it out loud. It's just always going to be in my head. Right. <laughs> I will never reveal that to anyone. Feelings humiliating. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, dramatic oh, yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this moment where I was with them. I think it was that day where we had gotten our ears pierced. Or maybe we had leaders or, like, leaders meeting. So mm-hmm. we left and then came back together or something. Yeah. I don't know. We were in the car. And... Um, Hannah was about to drop me and Leanne off. Uh, and I'm like, okay, guys, I have to tell you something. <laughs> and so I like have this moment where I tell them like, oh my gosh, I like this boy, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, thanks for sharing. That was cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I don't know. What was the expected response? Right. I think I just always expected that, you know, I don't know why, because this had never happened to me before, but I expected that my friends would be like, ew, like, mm. that person, or like, do mm. you really think, like, you could date that, you know, wow, just that yeah. type of thing, where right. you're scared of what people will say, like, what sort of judgment will come from yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And so, there's something very freeing about that moment, where they, like, handled it in such a, it was so, it was so casual, mm-hmm. but they also acknowledged, like, how I was feeling and they let me be dramatic in that moment yeah and it was like okay like Imani had her moment that's great like let's go to Wendy's yes (laughs) (laughs) oh wow that's really cool yeah especially I appreciate them not like because I think another direction they could go is like oh my gosh that's so exciting yeah like start almost like trying to make it happen Mm -hmm. um and maybe that's not even what you need in the moment yeah um because it's easy to put like your hope into okay this relationship's gonna happen or right. whatever you know right. um so i don't know i just think it's really cool that they're just like oh nice right okay let's get wendy's right <laughs> in a very genuine like yeah. way yeah um and they probably didn't even realize like what was going on on your yeah. on inside of you yeah. like oh okay i shared something vulnerable right. and they still accept me right. like this is cool right. <laughs> the world moves on like yeah yeah one thing I guess I think about the Christian life is like we're a child and we're free. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what you were like before seventh grade, mm-hmm. but it seemed like it was good. Yeah. Um, and you're just Imani and you're doing your thing. Yeah. You're loving music. Yeah. You're dancing. Whatever. You have your family, and then um, you start hiding parts of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and manipulating yourself to yeah. try to fit in. Yeah. And now God is like peeling back those. I guess the mask yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you're becoming who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So like who, who does Imani want to be? Yeah. What, A, what do you want to do? I guess, what are some things that mm. you think would be cool to do with your life? Um, but also like, who do you want to be like when you're 70 years old? Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that like so deeply for so like it feels so long but recently I think when you're graduating and moving into a new season that's kind of all you think about like what's my life gonna look like what do I want my life to look like and things Mm -hmm. um but I think like looking at um not specifically like really close family members but just looking at like my family in general and 
like where they're at in their lives and maybe what they wish they would have done mm. when they were young. Yeah. Um, put me in a place, like in a position to be able to really think about my future and be mm. like, what do I, what do I want? And like, what's going to be glorifying to God? Do, do those align? Yeah. Or am I, you know, do they not align? Yeah. How, why, how, you know, why, how, that type of thing. Right. Um, so I think for me, Right now, what I've been thinking a lot about is how can, like, I love public health, mm. and that's what I studied, and it kind of fell into my lap, but I, as I was studying it, I realized I really enjoy this aspect of, like, working with people and being a part of your community, I guess. Yeah. And so, seeing how, like, what I know about health and public health can kind of, like, come together with, I don't know, what the church is doing or what like Mm. the kingdom in general is doing I guess so if that looks like missions if that looks like traveling around places like you know that would be very interesting I think um but then there's also an aspect of me a side of me you know there's the woman in STEM and then there's the artsy Mm, side of me so (laughs) um I think the like more creative side of me has always been interested in like um just not like telling people stories, but I find this very interesting, like mm. what you're doing, mm-hmm. like just sitting with people and talking to them about like what, what God has done and what their lives have been. Yeah. And, um, I enjoy poetry and I enjoy music. And so there's like, do I think about, um, and talk to people about their experiences and then write from that perspective. Mm. Like, those are things that are very interesting to me. I'm like, poetry book, maybe. Yeah. That was something that happened very recently that I thought about. Um, I think it was during a prayer retreat or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, a poetry book. Yeah. Um, but wow. I think sharing some of those, like, like, the creative, my more creative mind, I guess, with the world is something that I really find interesting. I don't necessarily think the way that I look at the world is unique, Hmm. but I think that it's, like, a way that people don't necessarily allow themselves to think Mm. that often. Or maybe it's more whimsical or Mm. something. I don't know. Yeah. But I I do really enjoy the aspect of, like, music and poetry and art that, like, tells a story of somebody's experience or, like, gives you a new perspective Mm. on... Even, like, scripture, you know? People will write about... I think we talked about this, about David. And, like, him in the pasture. And, like, how... Every time I read in the Psalms, I just think... There's some Psalms that make me think of David living this idyllic life. Like, in the pasture, he's just with his sheep, you know? (laughs) Right. Singing songs and doing things that, you know, young boys who are shepherds do. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And... It can seem very mundane, but, like, I see the the beauty and the, mm. like, benefit of a life, the life that he lived yeah, when he was young. definitely. And we don't engage with that enough, I don't think. So yeah. I think, like, writing about that and, I don't know, talking about it is very interesting. Yes. Me, so. Yeah. I think what you're saying about David in the pasture, like, you're so right. Our culture doesn't think about that yeah that much yeah. of like kind of like with jesus too like not starting his ministry until he was 30 yeah it's like oh was those 30 years wasted yeah it's like actually if he didn't like 
get really rooted in those years, mm-hmm. I don't think he could have done yeah. what he did in three yeah. years. Yeah. And so it's the same with David, too. Like, just, ugh, that guy's crazy. Yeah. Like, literally with Saul and, yeah. like, his submission to him, yeah. like, yeah, I read it and I'm like, no, I, no. I couldn't do it. I couldn't <laughs> do it, yeah. you know? And I think just be, being with God and alone with God mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. as a kid and yeah. he really knew God's heart yeah. and it made him allow, like it allowed him to be free with God yeah. in his prayers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you read the Psalms and you're like, oh, wow. Right. Um, but that's just, that's intimacy, yeah. you know? Um, that really challenges me because I grew up thinking God wants the perfect pretty mm-hmm. Lindsay, yeah. you yeah. know, and like the perfect words Same. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's, it's really helpful for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And I'm excited for whatever you make out of that. Yeah. If you make a poetry book, I will buy it, read it. <laughs> and yeah. And if you make music yeah. or whatever, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you said you feel like you don't have a unique perspective. Is mm-hmm. that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that? I don't know. Sometimes I think, well, this is just me personally. I wonder if I'm too, like, too much of a romantic with life, Mm. if that makes sense, you know? Like, not that everything will be perfect, but I really romanticize my life, Mm. I guess. And I sometimes, I think, will believe that the perspective that I have or, like, the way that I've thought about something is just so, like, this is a brand new idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, it's me, like, trying to move more in the, in the way of humility Mm. to realize that, like, I think David's life has been inspiring to a lot of people. Mm. And this is just the way that I it's inspiring to me, maybe unique to me, but it might not be like unique in like the grand scheme of the world, I mm. guess. So, yeah. I think that's why I usually I would say that I don't necessarily have a super unique perspective, but mm-hmm. like maybe have something new to offer to the Gen Z millennials of the world. Definitely. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's more of like a balance of yeah. God made you unique and you are yeah. different than every other person mm-hmm. on this planet. Um, but there's also like, like I think about Ecclesiastes where there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. Just yeah. thinking about like, we're always learning new things and the way we learn it and mm-hmm. the timing we learn it, mm-hmm. I feel like is also different for yeah. each person. So that's why I think it's important to like share our perspective with the world. Cause we can glean a lot, right. um, but also knowing that like what we have to say isn't the best thing right. anyone ever heard. Right. <laughs> it's like, this is the most perfect thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What do you feel like is your role in the kingdom, like right now? Mm. I do a lot to like bring people together. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a connector, um, and I enjoy community and enjoy spending time with people, and so there's like an aspect of me in like any church that I go to or any like section or corner of the kingdom if you want to call it Mm -hmm. that I would be a part of that would be like good at bringing people in and just like connecting people I'm like I think it's cool to think about who I might be in the kingdom in like five years ten years Mm. 25 years um but, like, right now, it just feels so much like 
I will go and fill whatever position they need, mm. you know, like serve where I can, I yeah. guess. I think like having different personalities is really cool mm-hmm. um, in the kingdom. And I've seen that like really, really deeply during the CMIT. Mm. So like having people like Isaac and Katie who are like community, community to the max. Yeah. But in the best way possible, because it's like, I love connecting people, but I would never invite 15, 20 people to my house <laughs> at once. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's rare. It would be rare. Yeah. And there are some things in community that, like, need that. Mm. There's a an aspect of, like, building a, like, missional community, let's say, that requires, like, a large gathering of yeah. people mm-hmm. um, that is authentic and fun and, like, people feel seen and enjoy being there. Yeah. Type thing. Right. So that's really cool. And somebody like Sam prays so well. And it's mm-hmm. like, we need people like that. Mm-hmm. Like, she enjoys to pray. She enjoys that time with God in a way that's really different from a lot of people. That's not to say I don't enjoy praying, but Mm -hmm. my prayers just, like, they're not felt the same way. Yeah. Um, And so I think just thinking about that and being like, okay, I'm I'm a tender person maybe. (laughs) Or, like, I enjoy just to, like, if we're in a large group of people, I like to be the person who hears what the quiet person is saying yeah or having like a side conversation or um having small meaningful conversations with everyone in Mm -hmm. the room that's like the type of social butterfly i am yeah right um and so uh i think that can be like meaningful in a community especially when there's people who aren't necessarily believers yeah um or you have a mix of people who are just on different like spots with their walk in jesus it can like i don't know make it easier yeah, yeah. But it also makes me think about Andrew bringing Peter to Jesus. Mm. Like, I feel like you're an Andrew mm. in that, like, you're bringing people. And you're also, um, I don't know, just helping people to see that. Um, I think we look at Jesus as, like, um, the guy in the mountain who's, like, preaching to a thousand. Mm-hmm. He was. But he also, like, cared about the one. Yeah. You know? And yeah. you're, like, commuting that, communicating that to mm-hmm. people by being the person in the party who's like going to each or the quieter people or it's much needed um in our world that feels so isolated yeah yeah (laughs) um so the last question i have is if you could say anything to your 16 year old self what would you say whoa what does 16 year old me need to hear yes Mm -hmm. um maybe it's like cliche but that like healing will come hmm. like it will be here yeah eventually wow there will be a day when like things don't feel so hard or like that friendship doesn't feel as difficult as it did i guess <laughs> um and then to like just submit and let go of of things as they come yeah. like, i think for me from 16 before 16 after 16 until recently, mm-hmm. um, I was just, like, holding on to a lot, even just in the way of, like, uh, self-condemnation. Mm. And yeah. so, like, I would tell a 16-year-old me to, like, submit those things to Jesus and actually let them go. Wow. Um, because, like, healing comes, I think healing comes faster that way. Yeah. You repent and then you let God do what he wants to do in your right. heart, I guess. 
that was our conversation with Amani, and I hope you were encouraged and know that you were made for a purpose and are unconditionally loved by God. See you soon.